This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, this weekend we continue our reading of the Sermon on the Mount, that summary statement of Jesus' preaching and teaching. And what a magnificent passage we have today. There's just an incisive, a cutting quality to Jesus' words. He gets to the heart and the bone more than any other teacher I know. Look at all the spiritual masters and all their wisdom and insight. There's something, though, about Jesus' words that just cut to the heart of things. He tells us first, he's come not to abolish the prophets, but to fulfill them. Jesus stands in continuity with Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and company. Like them, he calls for justice, for compassion, for love, for nonviolence. I mean, all those themes can be found in the great prophets. He's not undoing any of their basic concerns, just the contrary. He is intensifying them and deepening them. That's how I take fulfillment here. He's not opposed to the prophets. He's, he's intensifying their teaching, deepening their teaching. Now, here's what I mean. Whereas the ancient sages of Israel focused on actions, Jesus will focus on the interior space from which actions come. That's why we can say he's radical in his speaking, for he gets to the roots of things. Radix in Latin means root. Radish, a root, comes from that. He won't simply address the external manifestation of the problem. He will address the root of it in the murkiness of a dysfunctional interiority. If I can propose a perhaps uh, unpleasant image, he won't just trap the mice we happen to see. He will find out how they're getting in. Now, this is a very important move spiritually because we all notice dysfunctions on the surface. We can all see those in ourselves and others. And we might address them with a harsh word or with a punishment or with a a negative uh, comment. But the real challenge is getting to that inner space where these dark actions come from to address the problem at its root. And that's not what Jesus is about in this section of the sermon. So, we look first at violence. Jesus says, You've heard it said, you shall not kill. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Now there we see it very clearly. Killing is the ultimate expression of violence. But violence is born in a deeper place. It arises from anger in the heart of the violent person, from hidden resentments and fears. 
I'm angry with my brother. Why? Well, maybe I'm jealous of him. Or I feel threatened by him. Or I'm resentful of him. This anger stews and simmers and in time it infects my mind becoming a dangerous preoccupation. What happens next? Well, left untended, it tends to issue forth in violent language. Listen to Jesus now. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, that's Aramaic for you idiot. Whoever says, you fool, to his brother, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Bitter speech can be the first exterior manifestation of a festering anger. See what he's doing. Tracing it all the way back to these deep resentments and preoccupations. Noticing how those give rise first to bitter speech. And then left unattended. They might give rise even to the extreme violence of murder. Therefore, look deep within and deal first with your anger. Now, mind you, don't hide behind externals, even religious ones. Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar and first be reconciled with your brother. There's that lovely word, reconciled, reconciliatio, becoming eyelash to eyelash, cilia are the eyelashes. When you're reconciled, you're face to face. So take action so as to eradicate your anger. Do the interior work necessary to quench it. What does that work look like? Some of that work is intellectual, coming to certain realizations. Namely, that you are loved at the very center of your own being by God. And through that center, you are connected to your brothers no matter how much you might hate them. Let me say it again. You come to that theological realization that you are loved by God in the very deepest ground of your own being. When you discover that place, you're discovering the place where you are connected in that same love to everybody else in the universe. Even that brother or sister right now who is so annoying to you. Another bit of spiritual work you can do Practice an old uh, Buddhist technique. Tell yourself that this brother that you dislike, the brother who's making you angry, wants just like you to be happy and wants just like you to avoid pain. You see what that does, that little move, is it takes you inside that person's interiority. Because the danger is this. We look at some external activity or behavior or speech And we say, well, that's why I'm angry. That's why I don't like that guy. Go deep down behind into his own interiority and likely you're going to find the same murkiness that you find in yourself. The the same ambiguity, the same uh, mixed feelings and emotions. And the deepest level, you'll find that place where he wants to be happy just as you do or he wants to avoid pain just as you do. And that can foster enormous identification. Spiritual work to get to the roots of your anger. Okay?
Now, Jesus looks secondly at lust. You've heard it said in the old law, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, it's the same move going on. Adultery, rape, illicit sexual contact. These are all the ultimate expressions of lust, the external manifestations of it. But again, their roots are much deeper within the dysfunctional human heart. There's nothing in the world wrong with sexual desire. It's a God-given drive toward intimacy and love, reproduction. The problem, of course, is when this devolves into lust, which is to say the desire to use another human being for one's own sexual satisfaction. That's what lust is. Don't mistake it for honest, healthy sexual desire. Nothing in the world wrong with that. Lust is the desire to use another human being for one's own sexual satisfaction. It is therefore the objectification of another, which should never happen to someone who should always be treated with the highest dignity. Now, where does this come from, this lust? It follows from the disintegration of sexuality from the whole of one's spiritual life. You have an image I've used a lot of the rose window, all the different elements that, that come together in harmony around the one center. That's the key image here. The one center is Christ. Now, everything in you should be related to him. When something becomes disintegrated, separated out from that center and therefore from the rest of the rose window, it becomes problematic. That's what happens now when your sexual desire becomes separated from that deepest center and therefore from everything else in your home, in your psyche, in your soul. When sexual desire has come to dominate the house of your soul, that's where lust emerges. And from lust flow all these sexual dysfunctions that we can see. Once again, Jesus wants us to get at this problem in the most radical way. Now, his language here, as everyone's always pointed out, is typically Jewish, which is to say, full of exaggeration and extremism in the interest of making his point. And so he says famously, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. If your right hand is the problem, cut it off, throw it away. Now, Obviously, he's not calling for self-mutilation. He's calling for utter seriousness in self-examination and in the willingness to root out lust, in this case now, in all its forms. The 12-step programs talk about that searching moral inventory you have to do. That's what's going on here, a searching moral inventory, looking deep and hard within oneself to root out the sources of sexual misbehavior. You know, here's a trick I suggested to people who are caught in certain forms of sexual addiction, addiction to pornography and so on. Think of that person now that you're lusting after. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son. That's somebody's grandson or granddaughter. See, the great danger here is that we simply objectify. There's a, there's a, a beautiful person that I'm now going to uh, use for my sexual satisfaction. No, no, that's a, 
person, someone's son, someone's daughter. Now, the third of Jesus' observations today is really interesting and important. In the society of his time, a man could divorce a woman for relatively trivial reasons. And a divorced woman, unless she very quickly found another man, was in serious trouble economically. So we're before all of our social programs, etc., etc. And that's why she was often forced to commit adultery. So now listen to Jesus. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. See, here's what he's getting at. Men in his time could powerfully abuse women by playing around with their ultimate commitments, by playing legal games and making private arrangements. What he's saying is, stay true to your commitments during good times and bad. Get down to the roots of this issue. Get down to that place where you are called by God to fidelity and honesty. Otherwise, your own ego will take over. And people, in this case women, will quickly become victims of your egotism. So again, he's come not to abolish the prophets, but to fulfill them. He loves the prophets. He affirms what the prophets say about forms of negative behavior. But he wants to get down to the roots of the problem. That place where violence comes from, that place where lust comes from, that place where the abuse of others comes from. Friends, follow Jesus all the way down into that place and allow him to cleanse your own interiority. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers every day, everywhere.